Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five Reasons Podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick here, as always, with Chris Winningham. Now that you found us, make sure you check out the other episodes that we have put out. You can do that by subscribing. You get all of those as well as all of our new episodes as soon as they post. Also, check out our new website, FiveReasonSports.com, unlike our Twitter account, which is the number five, Reasons Sports. This is spelled out, F-I-V-E, ReasonSports.com. We've got... Two or three new columns posting there every day, plus all the latest South Florida sports news with a little bit of an edge, some culture stuff on there. And, of course, all of our podcasts. Plus, you can pick up a great Smart Gear Territory wrestling T-shirt or a Five Reasons shirt if you want to. All right, we're going to get right into it today. We're going to cover the rest of the Dolphins draft. We did a, a kind of an unconventional episode the other day, Chris, where I was still at the facility and you basically gave out the number to our horde of millions at Five Reasons Sports and you got six call-ins. So, we all debated Josh Rosen. What I thought was interesting was everybody but you on that call was pro-trade. Yeah, was. Um, but not everybody in our network is pro-trade. And so we're going to start here with getting into the Josh Rosen situation and then kind of broaden it out a little bit towards the overall Chris Greer philosophy. Um, the disconnect, I think, between the media and the fans on this draft, because it's pretty stark if you look at some of the polling that I did as compared to the way that a lot of the local media members are approaching it, and also what it means kind of for 2020 and where they're going. But let's start with Rosen. And, you know, we talked a lot about him as a player, but I feel like something else has come up here, which is clouding the whole thing. And I'm hoping that maybe we can talk to somebody from out in Arizona this week, Chris, so we can get a little bit more clarification on it. Sure. But there seems to be a perception that has been sent out there. Uh, I kind of started with Steve Smith, the former uh, Baltimore and Carolina receiver, I believe it was what on NFL network and uh, or ES what, where is he now? He's NFL networks at ESPN. I don't even know. Um, and, and he basically came out and trashed Josh Rosen um, pretty vociferously. And then one of the local writers also in what I thought was a highly irresponsible tweet uh, said that he had talked to people and the issue with Josh Rosen was not as a player, but as a person, uh, which to me, if you're going to tweet that you better have some fucking examples, Chris. Okay. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. All right. If I, and you can keep that, you don't have to beat that. Um, I, <laughs> To, to be able to say that. I mean, that's just not journalism, uh, in my view, to do that uh, unless you can cite something and nothing was ever cited. And yet the narrative is still out there. And it's to the point that you had Dave Pash, um, very well-respected play-by-play man who does a lot of work, college basketball and other things for ESPN. Um, and he's the, the Cardinals play-by-play guy who would, would be sort of intimately familiar with the situation. And he basically shot the whole thing down. I saw a couple of 
Cardinals teammates came down and shot that whole thing down about Rosen's personality. I saw Rosen stuck around to participate in Larry Fitzgerald's uh, charity softball tournament. Larry Fitzgerald known as one of the best guys in the entire NFL over the past 20 years. Um, and not only was he there and win the MVP of the thing, but he got a standing ovation there. Uh, what is your view on this? Because, I, I mean, we've talked a lot about Rosen as a player, and I feel like it's totally normal and fair to evaluate him as a player, uh, which I think a lot of our guys have done. I know Alfredo from Three Yards Per Carry, CK, just don't love him as a player, and that's fine. But what about this character thing that has been thrown into this? Yeah, it was interesting to me because I, I was um, listening to Adam Schefter's podcast. And I think I quoted this uh, on, on the pod as well um, in the pre-draft process that it was him and, and uh, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, and they were talking about Rosen potentially going places. And Schefter had referenced that he went back in his notes and found one quote from an executive that said, flatly, he's a dick. And and that you know he and he he on on the podcast he didn't say dick he said d um and uh, and that Josh Rosen in some circles has rubbed people uh, the wrong way um the and and I I will admit I had a little bit of a concern obviously Adam Schefter is very credible and and talks to a lot of people and, and that there, I have no reason to doubt uh, that quote but a, a couple of things have changed for me in the aftermath one is rethinking the notion that uh, NFL. Person, you know, personnel people are to are to be put in charge as judge of uh, judges of character, right? And the things that they prioritize in personalities, as opposed to the way that your average person would prioritize in terms of personality. And then the other thing too is maybe you entered the weekend with this perception, but there seemed to have been an outpouring. And unless that was orchestrated, which why would it be? I mean, they're, they're no longer his teammate. But, I mean, you, you mentioned the Larry Fitzgerald thing. David Johnson came out on Twitter. You look at the comments on his Instagram um, that, that he put out. And that video, by the way, was fantastic. Like, I normally don't fall for the PR move. But, I mean, that that worked, man. Like, that, that was really cool the way uh, that, that he eloquently put together his thoughts, uh, the way that he said nice things about Kyler Murray. Like, that is not customary uh, for a player, and nor is it in keeping with this growing narrative that he had asked out. I mean, uh, as Steve Smith, uh, the former Carolina Panthers receiver, had a real go at him on television uh, for unfollowing the Cardinals on Instagram and Twitter um, and, you know, was saying, you know, you expect this to be given to you. Why can't you compete and blah, blah, blah. And at no point was it ever made apparent that he had asked for any of this. It seems as though the Cardinals decided, well, we're going to try and get an asset back uh, for this quarterback that we don't plan on using. And fair play to him, they got a second-round pick from the Dolphins. But at the same time, um, I-, I think this idea that he wasn't liked by his teammates was very quickly disproven. And so I, I just don't know how you can persist with that narrative when his teammates are saying so, and I don't think they'd have any reason to. And so I believe them. I, I-, I believe that they wanted Josh Rosen to stay, or they- at the very least they liked Josh Rosen as-, as a personality. And I think this idea that that whole narrative is turned based off of kind of the hearsay of anonymous executives that interviewed him in the draft process just feels odd to me. Two of the three players that matter on the Arizona Cardinals are David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. And Larry Fitzgerald had him at his charity softball event, and David Johnson uh, praised him. Told what did he tell him to go make the Hall of Fame? Or no, something? he said he said on Instagram in his com- in the comments on the picture of Rosen uh, photoshopped in a Dolphins jersey. Quote: "Gonna be one of the best when it's all said and done." With a uh, thumbs th- thumb to index finger emoji. Right. So I, I, again, I, I don't understand it. Meanwhile, okay, and I don't have anything against Ryan Tannehill. I thought he handled himself well down here. You know, almost uniformly. But his teammates have not said great things about him. Never. Okay. Never. Never. Like, 
not when he was here, they whispered it under their breath. And certainly not when this, a lot of them have been gone. Like he had problems with the receiver room. There was the incident when, when Greg Jennings went to television. Squad. Yeah. I, look, I, I, you know, and, and Ryan never said anything bad publicly really. Um, I mean, he was vanilla as all hell, but like, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't know where this is. Co- what was Josh Rosen supposed to do? I mean, you're, you're reading, I'm reading some of the Arizona writers. Okay. Ken Summers, who is, is widely respected. Um, some of the bloggers out there who I've read before, and they're all saying that the Cardinals did him wrong, handled this poorly. Okay. Now they're entitled. Okay. The Cardinals are entitled to go find a better quarterback. They're allowed to do that. They have a new head coach. Okay. They can do that. It's a bad organization. Okay. It has been for a long time. I know that they've, you know, they got a Super Bowl appearance in there, but you got to go back uh, to Warner being there and, and Bolden and Fitzgerald in that group. But it's not been well run for the past few years. But and but if you read the locals out there, they're not blaming Josh Rosen for it. They're not blaming Josh Rosen for the way he handled it. So I, I don't. Again, I think it's one thing for media members to have an issue with his play that I get that's on tape. We can see that. Okay. Now maybe we don't know all the causes of it. And I've tried to put some of that into context. Others who I respect like CK and our network are saying, well, there is enough context and he was really, really bad. Okay. That is it. We had CK on the pod before the trade was made. That's a perfectly reasonable football take. But what the hell does the character thing have to do with any of this? Did Arizona get rid of him because of character? No, they got rid of him because they thought Kyler Murray was better. They brought in a quarterback guru who wanted Kyler Murray. They were the worst team in the league. He's the first pick in the draft. They took him. But the rest of this stuff, like, I don't I don't get it. And, you know, look, you know, I don't want to get overly personal here. But it, it's sort of a pattern, okay, you know, down here with, with one person in particular. And I just, I, I don't understand it. The And it, it makes me think that there's something else behind it. Maybe it's his politics. Maybe it's just the, the way he acts or the rubs, you know, a certain person the wrong way. But you can't report on guys like that, okay? And you cannot throw it out there that you're hearing that it's a person, that's it's personal issues without some kind of example. Give me something, okay? Like, there were some quotes before Rosen came out about how, what, there were 10 mistakes or nine mistakes taken before him, right, in the draft. I mean, that's a cocky quote, okay? But you know what? If Tom Brady said it or Aaron Rodgers said it, I don't think we'd have such a problem with it. And I know they've accomplished things since then, but Aaron Rodgers is one of the cockiest guys in the league, is he not? What, uh, and was of course. he not cocky, and, and, Chris, I mean, when he came out of Cal- uh, California? And don't you want your draft pick to say that? Do you want your draft pick to go, everyone in front of me screwed up? Like, I mean... What, what do you want to, what, do you want him to go, yeah, I thought I was the fourth best quarterback in this draft class? No, I mean, that would be ridiculous for someone to say that, for that you think that Josh Allen is better than you. I mean, it takes that kind of arrogance to get here in the first place. Um, I, I think when it comes to this, I just think certain narratives become runaway trains. I think, I mean, we see this in basketball all the time about, uh, about people, and, and sometimes it's true, and maybe uh, for the most part it is true, but I think... Uh, last year's draft process probably was not great for Josh Rosen in terms of his standing in the league, and everyone's kind of held on to that perception of him, watched him not particularly play his way out of it in Arizona, uh, nor were they probably paying attention enough to really recognize what he was doing off the field, whether it was in press conferences or dealing with the media or dealing with his teammates. And so that narrative just kind of stuck, and 
I mean, the fact that NFL Network went to television to have a go at him for for unfollowing the Cardinals on Twitter and Instagram was just so stupid to me. Like, I mean, obviously, as a, as a method of tea leaf, you know, gathering for, oh, maybe he's going to get traded now that he's unfollowed. Okay, that's one thing. But, I mean, to, to make it some, you know, character slide, and Peter Schrager's on television going – well, you know, teams look at this, teams value this, and this is a bad, this is a bad look, and blah, and it's like, it's it's confirmation bias that started with this narrative from the draft process, and and I was willing to buy it up until the point that his teammates came to his defense. I don't know what you can say after his teammates have come to his defense and, and seem to have liked the guy. We'll get back to our episode here in a second, but first, I want to tell you about a great new sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is Ship Your Car Now. These guys can move any car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need worldwide. You have a business and need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. College moves, new car, used car, buying the toy you've looked at for a while? Call them. These guys can ship it all, so give them a call. Here's the number, 1-800-264-4644. That's 1-800-264-4644, or visit shipyourcar.com now.com backslash five reasons also make sure to mention five reasons on the phone i wish look i wish they'd I, they'd had this when i was going to college this would have been great for me i needed to get my car down from baltimore to florida i ended up taking the auto train you don't want to take the auto train ship your car fly no job too big or too small ship your car now moves it all Steve Smith is not a journalist, okay? No. So, and Steve Smith is on there to be controversial, right? He was a contra- he was a very good player, very good player. I mean, borderline, I think he's a Hall of Fame player, okay? But he's on that show to be he's not breaking things down like some other guys. He's on that show to be controversial, okay? And so from him to not sort of practice journalistic ethics there is forgivable, okay? He's Steve Smith. He's Charles Barkley. He's whatever. Okay. Paul Pierce said today, okay, please, Dwayne Wade, replace Paul Pierce. Okay. Now on ESPN, <laughs> because Paul Pierce said today that the series was over. I mean, I hope so, because I have the Celtics plus 230 and love that pick, <laughs> but that the series is over because the Bucks lost uh, game one. Okay. I mean, look, I, I mean, there are certain guys, they're on there to be clowns. Like, that's what they're on there to be. Okay. I mean, Reggie Miller still has well, a job. Well, and, and but, I, I even I even think it's it's a decent point to say that why can we bring in competition at every other position? That the Arizona Cardinals, you know, drafted players at five, six other positions, and none of those guys are thinking about being traded out. Um, why is the quarterback any different? I actually think that's a salient point. But the the launching off point of that Josh Rosen is asking for any of this is ridiculous. It is, and but again, it is a salient point. And if you want to make that point as a journalist, okay, beyond Steve Smith, then make that point. But to say that you're hearing that it's personal with him, like, is there ever, is there any evidence that Arizona got rid of him for personal reasons? No. Any evidence at all? No. No, they, the, the, uh, new, coach, the, the new coach like a new quarterback. Right, which they're entitled to do. Now, did they handle it well? Was it great for Cliff, you know, for, for Kingsbury to come out and say Josh Rosen is our quarterback and that there's the Cardinals to tweet it out? Okay, like I, I wouldn't want to follow the Cardinals on Twitter anymore after I read that about myself and it turned yeah. out not to be true, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I would unfollow them also. Uh, why? I mean, 
but they were in a difficult position too. I mean, what are they supposed to say, right? If they like this other guy, we've known for uh, forever. Okay. Kingsbury made it very clear what he thought of, of Kyler Murray. They went out and got a guy who was an ordinary college head coach. They got him for this reason, like the same reason that the Dolphins hired Adam Gase, like, you know, and whether it works or not, we don't know, but they got him because he's supposed to know what he's doing with quarterbacks. You're allowed to like another quarterback better than the quarterback that you have. And you're allowed to make a decision on whether or not it's worth trading the guy you have or trying to sort of bring him in and pretend there's some kind of a competition. But like you said, he never asked for this. And so all I'm saying is that that Rosen, okay, regardless of his attitude, regardless of his politics, regardless of anything else, deserves a fair shake here. Like, this is a clean slate. He has not stepped foot on a field in Davie yet. He has not stepped foot in Hard Rock Stadium. And, like, to poison it from a character perspective, do you know how many guys the Dolphins have brought in with character issues over the years? Like, I mean, this guy says some controversial political things and says some arrogant quarterback things, and that's a problem? I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I mean, you just had vanilla for seven years after you had vanilla for three and a half, right? And Chad Pennington was vanilla too. He was just good, right? Like he was just a good mm -hmm. guy to have around. They have not had, I mean, and Jay Fiedler, who I love to death, was vanilla, right? Like they have not, the last cocky quarterback they had, really cocky quarterback, he wore 13. He wore 13. Yeah. What, what, is, what is wrong with a quarterback being cocky? What's wrong with a quarterback who basically says, when Jimmy Johnson calls a play for him, we're not running that fucking play, okay? <laughs> Aranda, fucking go over the fucking top. I'll throw it to you. What's wrong with that? Yeah. And Danny had that, not, not just at the end with Aranda. Danny had that in 1983. It's, so, it's, it's arguably why he slipped in the draft. Right. Okay. And you know, a guy's entitled to slip in the draft because of that. Well, there were other reasons. I mean, there were other rumors, sure. okay, that, that actually um, were more troubling at the time, considering the perception of things, than anything about Rosen has been. Okay. There were, there were real, real rumors about Dan Marino that made him slip. And so, but yeah, some of, some of it was cockiness, but not all of it. But the idea again, that you don't want cockiness for your quarterback, Brett Favre, a, a shrinking violet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I mean, think of the great quarterbacks. Is there any, is there any, is there any great quarterback? Uh, I mean, Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, let's talk about character issues. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, okay, uh, let, let's talk about the great quarterbacks of the last few years. Drew Brees has not had quote-unquote character issues. Now, Drew Brees has some political things I don't like, okay, but he doesn't have character issues. Like, there's nothing there. He he would be, I guess, the exception. Like, I'm looking I'm, – uh, that's. but Drew Brees also, on the field, sounds a lot like Josh Rosen on the field. There were uh, – you know, Drew Brees has always done the thing, getting his teammates all into it and screaming and all the rest of that. You, you see some video from Arizona, like, it didn't work. They went 3-13. and 13. But Josh Rosen was trying. I mean, you 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 look before games. I never saw Ryan Tannehill act like that. Like you're, I, yeah, you're right. There aren't many players at that position. I'm trying to think. Pat Mahomes has a little edge to him. I mean, he's young. He'll probably grow into that. But I mean, Tony Romo had some cockiness about him. They they, they if you're most of them that that are great or close to great do. Uh, and I, I most just, great athletes, right? I mean, have have you met many great athletes that don't think that they're better than 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 the next guy? I mean, I, I've you know, Dwayne Wade has a bit of that, right? I mean, he he's always kind of there's a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, there there's I mean, that's that's pro sports. Pro sports is you're a little cocky. You're more than a little cocky because you think you're better than everyone. That's why you're there. Right. And Ryan Tannehill acted at times like he's better than the practice squad guys. Like that's not what you want. Okay, that's not <laughs> what you want. Like, I, and, and so I, I just don't. 
I, I, I'm totally confused as to why that's become the narrative. And, and then I think this allows us to get into a broader context here because, you know, I pulled this and asked people to rate Chris Greer's draft. And that includes Rosen. I mean, you can't take him out of the equation. He is, I mean, we talked about Wilkins a lot when we devoted an entire podcast to Wilkins. But Rosen's the big acquisition. He's the quarterback, okay? Um, regardless of whether they think he's the future or they don't think he's the future or they think he's a potential asset, he's still a quarterback who's probably going to be their start- starting quarterback this season, uh, most likely, okay? And so, at least for more of the games. And, you know, I pulled it and I said, you know, gave, everybody give your grades, A, B, C, D, or F. And 81% of the people, and it's up to 2,700 votes. So I know you're not a big fan of this unscientific polls, but that's a pretty good sample size. I mean, everybody can only vote once, right, from an account. So 2,700 votes, 82% A or B. That's the fans. Yeah. So why does, why does and it's not just the local media guys, it's three local media guys in particular, two of whom I respect. Um, and then, you know, our guys, the three yards per carry, I think two of the three don't like a lot of this draft. I know CK liked some of the end, I believe. I don't want to speak out of turn here because I thought Simon didn't like the Rosen trade, and then he corrected me and said he's kind of neutral on it. I know Alfredo doesn't like the Rosen trade and didn't like the draft at all. But why is there a disconnect, I guess, between what the fans think of this when the fans have been so historically down on their team and the media members who seem to hate this draft? I I don't think you can understate uh, the value to a fan base and to a, a particularly a desperate fan base of getting a new quarterback in. Like, it, it is everything for fan base. And, and I said this to you off air, and I'm glad we can kind of talk about this further now um, because I, I, I was negative on, on, on the trade when it happened. I kind of gave my thoughts during the day as it was rumored that it would be for, for 48. Um, and I, I, I'm still uh, against it from the, from the standpoint of unless – they believe Josh Rosen could be their franchise quarterback. And obviously, I mean, they're taking a flyer on it. But I think a flyer's got to be more important than... Or it, it, uh, to me, the 62nd the pick in a draft has to be more than a flyer, right? It has to be someone that you want to be in your team. But that's the decision that the Dolphins made. And they're basically regenerating that 62nd pick a year from now with New Orleans' second-round pick. Um, but I, I just don't think you can understate what a new quarterback will do, a new quarterback with some promise. Obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's 36 years old. He's not bringing that sense of op- that, that sense of optimism for the future, whereas Josh Rosen, a second-year player, which you noted uh, is younger than Malik Rozier. I think he's younger than Blake, than Baker Mayfield by more than a year. And, and he's, he's a young player still that came out of college early um, that you're not paying a ton of money. That's $6 million over three years. That's nothing if, the, if that hits. And gives you a reason to watch, right? Because we were, I mean, from a Five Reasons Network standpoint going, well, hang on a second. What the hell are we going to talk about with the Dolphins? Because, I mean, a, a lot of media businesses, I, I've, I've heard the phrase football season more times than I can count because football season is this important time for media businesses because that's when you get a ton of, in, uh, of interest from fans being into their football teams. And so I, I just think that Josh Rosen offering that prospect of when you tune in for the first preseason game, when you tune in for the first regular season game, you're going to be watching Josh Rosen to see what he's going to do that could potentially sway that opinion towards maybe him being a franchise quarterback. And just that proposition has been so lacking for the Dolphins. And that, from my standpoint, is probably the place where I've most changed my opinion on this because we talked for months and I, it didn't really wash over me until maybe a day later and I was uh, walking out of work and into the parking lot going, hang on a second, I think I'm a hypocrite here because I've been saying for years 
just invest more in the quarterback position. No matter what, invest in it. Whether or not you think that's good investment or whether or not you think you can do better with another player, it doesn't matter if you don't have the quarterback take swings, and then they take a swing, and I'm mad at it. Why am I mad at them taking a swing? They're, they're taking a swing here. Do I think that in a rebuilding mode you want to give away second-round picks? No, but at the same time, fair play to Chris Greer for taking a swing on the quarterback, and that's why I think fans are feeling positive because they have a guy that was viewed as a good prospect a year ago that went 10th in the draft that was a really good, or not a really good college quarterback, but a college quarterback that showed signs of being a pro was in a bad situation that maybe you think you can coach him out of, and that sense of, that sense of optimism is life for a football fan potentially getting your next quarterback is life for a football fan. And that's why I think that sense of positivity exists. We'll get back to today's episode in a second, but first I want to tell you about one of our new sponsors here in the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is the attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg. Find them at onecalllegal.com. That's O-N-E, calllegal.com, or actually call 855 855- 5,000 Law, L-A-W. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and any personal injury matters. Additionally, if you mention five reasons, they will handle your traffic ticket for $44.99 with a new 15,000 square foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami. They will handle cases all over South Florida. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. OneCallLegal.com or 855-5000-LAW. The attorneys at Seltzer Mayberg, a proud sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. If they had drafted him last year, let's say he slips to eleven or let's say that they give up a fifth round pick and move up to 10 and take him. There would have been a parade in the street down here because it meant that they were finally moving on from Ryan Tannehill, or at least giving themselves the opportunity to move on from Ryan Tannehill. So we're one year later, and this is a conversation that we had with CK, and I totally understand his view. You get new information, and you have to process the new information. And so we saw Josh Rosen be bad last year. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks be bad in their first year. Troy Aikman was bad. Lots of quarterbacks were bad in their first year. But we saw him be bad in his first year, and historically bad, according to CK. And so now that's coloring the way that some people, I think, in the media are viewing this. But Again, if they drafted him last year at number 11 or number 10, there would have been a parade in the street. So I, I just think it's like you're saying, like we've been calling for them to try something. So they tried something. Now, the second round pick, I do want to you know, uh, push back a little bit on myself on this because I keep saying, well, they got the second rounder back. The way that Jimmy Johnson always evaluated this was you lose a round when you lose a year, right? So by not using the second rounder this year because you don't have access to that player, you're, the second rounder next year is the equivalent of a third rounder this year. Does that I, make I, sense? I, think, I think it's a little different for a team that isn't trying to win necessarily right they're not they're not they're not going for 10 wins next year and so not having that player doesn't matter as much right now agreed agreed well I I think when you know when he made the Sertan trade remember this came up because it was like okay it's worth doing this because uh you know basically one round is worth one year right so Mm -hmm. I think they gave up a future first I believe or something along those lines to go up and get you know Sertan in the second round and it was like well it's worth it because you get the guy now but you're right, because they're not really trying to win right now. But I just I don't know what they would have done at that spot that would have made people so much happier. And and like you're saying, you know, this gives the fans something like it's not the best quarterback, con, you know, competition or controversy we've ever seen. But it is one. 
Mm-hmm. And it is going to it is going to get them talked about for a few weeks. And people are going to want to know, is Rosen with the first team? Is, is Fitzpatrick with the first team? How Who's playing with who? How are they doing with this? OK, uh, you know, how are they communicating with each other? How are the teammates responding to each of them? Plus, and this has been a clear motive that they've had here. I mean, whatever you think of Josh Rosen, if he's too outspoken or not, he's a bright guy, a bright guy. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, whatever you think of him and the beard and all the rest of that stuff, he's out of Harvard. Like they're going to have a very smart quarterback room. They're adding intelligence to the organization. They got a guy in Wilkins who graduated in two and a half years, who has a master's. Okay. Who's quick on his feet in terms of the way he thinks. Okay. Um, maybe Mick is not quite as book smart as some of those guys, but you could tell that there's, you know, how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know, clear intelligence there. Like, they're, they're changing the dynamic. They added... Uh, I, I always forget it. The, the guard they added from Wisconsin in the third round who, who I guess graduated in three years. Okay. was on a roll. Like they, they've added a bright group and so Dieter, Michael Dieter, Dieter. Right. So, right. So, right. So I, I don't, yeah. Two Wisconsin guys. First time since uh, one of our guys, Chris Chambers and Jamar Fletcher in 2001, actually that they added two Badgers. One worked out one, not so much, um, but, <laughs> uh, but Ch- Chambers told that story on Twitter again, because he said they, they called him and they thought he thought they were taking him in the first round. Remember, the, the whole thing was that they took Fletcher over Breeze, but they were actually, he thought they were taking him over Breeze, and then they ended up taking Fletcher and then cycling back to Chris in the second round. And obviously, Chris turned out better than Jamar Fletcher did, and Breeze turned out better than pretty much anybody in history, but that, that is what it is. Uh, so, so, um, but, but yeah, look, I, I just, I don't understand why, I, to me, the second round pick changed everything. Like, I was not in favor of trading a second for Rosen, that 48. Like, I was in favor of trading a third. I thought a second was too steep. I said that on the day of the draft. But once they got the extra second, like, I don't care about the fifth that's going the other direction. They're going to get a compensatory fifth anyway. So I don't care about that pick. They can make that pick up. They might be able to trade it. Maybe they can trade Rashad Jones at the trade deadline for a fifth round pick. They'll get the fifth round pick back. Who cares? Okay. I I care about picks in the first three rounds, right? Like that's because you can find undrafted free agents. You can find other players, but picks in the first three rounds, to me, that's what matters the most. And they invested one in a quarterback and they still got a premium defensive lineman in this draft. And so I just don't, I don't understand what the hand wringing's for. Like this is a town that sat by and watched one of the greatest executives in NBA history sign James Johnson to four years for $60 million. And some of the same people in the media who don't like this we're justifying that at the time. I, I don't I don't get it. Like, what is what I, I've been as anti-dolphins as anybody the last 20 years. OK, yeah, like I, I mean, you, you, I've been you annoyed called, a lot of people with your anti Adam Gase take, which you ended up being right on. But I mean, you still annoyed the fan base in large part for the majority of last season. Yes, I was. I was killing Adam Gase in week five. OK, I mean, long before it was popular not to like Adam Gase. I didn't like Adam Gase. I was putting you're, you're an anti Adam Gase hipster. <laughs> I, I was, I was right. Exactly. He just didn't do the eye thing down here, but I, I, I don't, I, you know, I have never been accused of being a dolphin Homer. Okay. I covered them. There were a lot of guys on that team that I liked that I still have what I would call friendships with from the late nineties, the early two thousands. 
Okay, those were good teams. They weren't good enough. I, I, but I've never been. I've always compared them negatively to the way that the Heat operate because they've been. Let's be honest, a shit show compared to the Heat for the past twenty years. Okay, they just have been. They were arrogant. They thought that the Heat were never going to pass them. Okay, there are people that I like who work for the organization who, again, I still go out and have beers with. But I'm like, why did you guys act like that? Like, what you know, like. I've never been accused of being a dolphin homer. I think the dolphins are doing the right things now. Can we just say that? Yeah. Like, can we, I mean, is it okay? Do we have to be negative all the time? Like uh, just because like they've recognized that it wasn't working. And so now they're trying to do something different. Everybody, everybody, media and fans has been calling for them to address the damn quarterback position. They go out and get a guy who was drafted 10th overall last year, who was considered arguably the best high school prospect in the country when he went to UCLA. And so he's dinged up. He has not been great. He has shown a lot of flaws, but like, what else were you going to get? Like this to me, Chris, this isn't like, I remember those years when they were trying to push Jay. Okay. They brought in Cade McNown. They brought in Jim Druckenmiller, former first round busts. (laughs) Right. Okay. And, and a certain columnist at the Herald, one of the ones I like, Okay, wrote that Jim Druckenmiller should get a fair shot to compete with Jay Fiedler. Look that one up. Okay, like, but (laughs) look it up. Okay, all right. I mean, we're going to do a worst takes. I I think we have to have the old takes exposed guy on here. Um, We're going to do a worst takes. And our buddy, Brendan Tobin, we're bringing him on because the Christian Yelich take is now the worst take in South Florida sports history. Um, Now that he's going to hit 75 home runs this year that that. (laughs) That what Tobin said he would never hit 20, right? Like yeah. that was the, that, yeah. has he hit 20 this week? I, I don't, I mean, that's okay. So, I mean, and look, I've had bad takes. Oh, six heat were a bad take. Uh, Levitard's take of don't take Dwayne Wade because you have Eddie Jones. Like a lot of people have had really horrible takes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, there was a take. Uh, it was Cody. We like you, Cody. Uh, it was a take that Jim Druckenmiller should start or should get a compete. He needs to start with Jay Fiedler. Okay. The Dolphins have taken shots on those guys before, um, but this is not Jim Druckenmiller. I mean, he like four years removed, clear bust, or Cade McNown, who I heard stories about Cade McNown in Chicago from his teammates that like, I mean, they just didn't want to even be on the field with him again. I mean, this is this is a guy who was tenth overall last year and on a team that was terrible. Can we see how it works? Can we just see how it works? Can, can we get, can we praise the dolphins for trying something like, I, and I just, I don't understand how in, in 12 months, some people, I sound, I, I sound like the president now, some people, many, many people, I, I don't understand how in 12 months you can go from, they need to get one of these four quarterbacks or maybe five quarterbacks, including Lamar Jackson, right? Well, wasn't I mean, of, the, the disappointment a year ago was that they didn't go up to get him. There were fans, there were saying you should have traded up to go get Josh Rosen instead of letting Arizona skip in front of you. Right. And now a year later, we've just decided like it's not worth a look. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. Not I'm, worth okay. A- so, so my, so my negativity stemmed from a place of that. I didn't think it was worth a look because I'd kind of already decided that he wasn't franchise changing. And look, I, th- I think that's harsh probably. Um, but uh, you know, CK has the evidence to back it up that for the most part, if you're that bad in your first year, almost no matter the bad situation um, that, it probably isn't going to work out for you. And maybe he doesn't work out. Um, I guess where I've kind of, you know, at least added some nuance to that thought is 
we want the Dolphins to take swings. Um, if they do indeed waste an asset, being the 62nd pick, which they've regenerated, they've only really lost a fifth-round pick next year. They've regenerated that second-round pick. Um, and, and like, my thought was, we've already made this amazing trade. When that trade came out, 48-62 to 62 for, uh, what, what was it, a, a fifth and a second? Like, it was just... How the hell did they do that? I mean, it was such a good trade, in my opinion. Um, and and so, why not just take a player at 62 and call it a day? Um, but they clearly wanted to try this Rosen thing. So, so my, my, my objections to this are, just take a player at 62. He might end up being more valuable. And I'm kind of already out on Josh Rosen's ceiling. Um, but... I'm totally, I'm totally, uh, you know, willing to allow the Miami Dolphins to make that decision for themselves. And if it doesn't work out, you have a go. Part of our philosophy about drafting quarterbacks is okay. So you wasted some draft capital. The point is, you are going to be nothing without a quarterback anyway. Why not try everything? Why not try everything? Why not waste assets? And that is kind of my thought now. Is okay, maybe they wasted an asset, and we can certainly have an argument about whether or not they did so, but if you're going to waste an asset on any position on the field, why not this one? I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, you know, and again, I, you're, you're allowed to not like the player. That's, as a player, that, that's fine. And, but, but the strategy of going after quarterbacks, to me, this is not, this is not an argument anymore. It's just not. We saw, we saw the alternative for seven years. We saw it. We saw the alternative to competition. We saw the alternative to taking swings. We saw it. Where, where are we? Where are we with this organization? How many coaches? How many offensive coordinators? How many players? How many receivers? How many guys have come and gone? How many excuses were made? Because they wouldn't get competition for Ryan Tannehill. And now you bring in a guy who was 10th overall in the draft, consensus top 10 pick last year. It's not like Arizona reached, okay? It's not like Arizona reached. He was supposed to be a top 10 to top 15 pick. Somewhere in that range, they moved up from 15 to make sure that they got him. And, and so is he going to be good? I have no earthly idea, but I, I just this I don't the indignance that's coming out from some about them doing this. I it, it feels personal. It feels it feels either. Like I said, it either feels like it's something political. I think in one case, I think in other cases, it could just be that they didn't have the news. And, and I, you know, that's. You know, that, that's one of those things that I mean, happens in my you're, you're in allowed, business. You're, you're allowed to think that Rosen's not going to be good. You're allowed to think yes. that, that, that Tua is going to be, uh, you know, the, the, the bigger asset. And if Rosen is good and your weight, like my, my ultimate concern is that Rosen's just good enough to do the Tannehill thing year over year and I'm scarred enough. And so, I, I mean, I think there are valid reasons, um, but it, it does it does seem a bit... Um, that you've kind of already staked out this corner, and now I'm just going to defend it for you know until until we see him play. And what happens if he's good? Do all these reporters then go totally the other direction? Because there's a history of some of that with at least one of them. Like, do, do you? Is it going to be? Uh, you know, is there going to be a may be a culpa here? I mean, let let's just be flat. I mean, the, I, I'm, 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 I'm willing and ready. Like, I'm willing and no, ready you to, are. To, to, I under, to make I, a culpa. I, yeah, I, I I understand that, and I hope that's why people come here for a lot of stuff now because I do think. You know, we have people in our network who are willing to say they were wrong. Okay, I will tell you when I am wrong. I am wrong about a lot of things. Okay, uh, but and and I think you've done the same thing. I you know I think, you know I think that's important. I don't know how you can have credibility if you can't say you were wrong. But you can't come out and tweet on March third 
okay, that Rosen is is worth a project, okay, and if he balls here, it's good for it's a win win for everybody, okay. If you can get him for fourth round pick, that was the one caveat in this particular tweet, okay. And then turn around now when you gave up a second and a fifth for him, but you got a second back in the other deal, which basically, if you do all the numbers, kind of means you basically gave up a fourth round pick, okay. And and then to say it's the worst thing that's ever happened and he's a character problem like those things they're they're not congruent like it does so I, I'm just I'm wondering you know if there's gonna be a mea culpa here and you know I hope that Josh Rosen comes down here and reads some of this shit I do and, and not not because I want him to take it out of any particular reporters because he should have a chip on his shoulder he should I mean you think about it here's a guy who was perceived to be perhaps the best quarterback in his draft ended up being the fourth quarterback picked goes to a terrible situation in Arizona with a bad coaching staff, has a bad season, which he contributed to. No question about that. Okay. Basically gets lied to by them out there, gets hung out to dry, gets told that he's going to be the guy, not just to himself, but publicly on social media in an official tweet. Okay. And then comes to a place where, you know, a lot of the local media guys are basically calling him a character concern, or at least one is. I, I, I don't, uh, to me, he should have a chip on his shoulder. I hope he does. I hope he does. Mm -hmm. I I would like to see a quarterback with a chip on his shoulder. I haven't seen it down here in a long time. Have you? Chad no, Pennington had one. I, I mean, maybe Ryan Tannehill had one because obviously he gets criticized a lot, but he certainly it, it didn't behave like it. Like like it, it didn't seem like it particularly bothered him. He he kind of gave off this presence like he was above it all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it probably is since like Marino played with a chip on his shoulder, even when he was the best quarterback in the league. Uh, so I mean, there there just aren't a lot of guys. Uh, that have really carried any of that, uh, really the, those personality traits that we associate with the great quarterbacks. And uh, while some of that can kind of be confirmation bias, where a quarterback is good, therefore he has his, he has these personality traits. Um, but at the same time, that's generally been the model for quarterbacks: is they behave in a certain way, they act a certain way, and and they are kind of the archetypal quarterback. And I, I think Josh Rosen, in all in all those different ways, right, is kind of the archetypal quarterback. Uh, the only thing is, we didn't see him play well in Arizona last year, and uh, he has a lot of work to do to overturn that. Uh, maybe the offensive system led by Chad O'Shea down here will will end up turning that around. And and uh, they've talked a lot, and and I, I didn't put that together. Um, until you reference the thing with Wilkins and with Fitzpatrick and now uh, with Rosen, that the Dolphins might be looking for intelligence. They went and found intelligence in this draft. And, and if you're going to ask players to do a lot, they're going to have to be able to onboard a lot of information, which, by the way, is something that Adam Gase had to, had to go at his players at a lot down here. They were so. not a smart team, they, they, and they have not right. been a smart team for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, and to me, that is a big emphasis right now. You can see it because New England – what they do in New England is Belichick. One of the reasons the Patriots typically get off to slow starts, and Jason Cole told me this a long time ago, and he did. He did. He had a, one of the few media guys that had a very good relationship with Belichick. Okay, and, and could talk about these things. One of the things that Bill told him was that they don't put in a lot early. One of the reasons they struggle early in the season is they're very vanilla. Okay, they they what they do is they bring in smart guys that can do multiple things, and then they sort of slow they will not move to the next thing until the first thing is mastered and that is not the mm -hmm. way that a lot of dolphin coaches have operated and so to me this flores i mean he's been in every we haven't talked a lot about brian flores the past few days we talked about greer right greer greer, greer. brian flores is the head coach okay mm -hmm. they're not bringing this guy in unless he signs off on it i, I would hope not okay and so to me you're the the 
the benefit to bring in Brian Flores, and we had to go at what the decision to bring in Brian Flores, whether it was the right decision, whether they should have gotten Chris Richard or whatever. Okay. But the decision to bring in Brian Flores was in part because he had worked in all these different parts of the New England organization. He'd worked in scouting, he'd worked in personnel, uh, internally and in pro personnel. He'd worked on the field, he'd worked as a defensive, pseudo defensive coordinator, but he did call the plays. He was familiar with all these different things. Somebody who's familiar with all those different things is intimately involved in the, in the types of players that you're bringing in for particular schemes. And so Brian Flores, this is not happening without his say-so. So they are going after a different kind of player. They're going after players who are going to be able to process what Flores wants to do, which is look at the Super Bowl. Look at what he did in the Super Bowl running a different game plan than he had run previously. He, he wants his players to be able to adjust between games and in games. And so I like this emphasis on intelligence because if they're trying to get guys up to speed, even if they're not trying to win big this year, but if they've got a two or three year window where they're looking at to try to get really competitive again, they're going to want guys to be able to process what the coaches are doing. And so to bring in a guy in Wilkins who graduated in two and a half years, to bring in two quarterbacks, okay, one of which may still be here when they draft the guy the next year, all right, to have some influence on that player. Like, I, that is, I think that is really, really smart. I mean, there were a few other things that you said there that I, I sort of want to tap into a little bit. Now I've sort of forgotten them because we've covered so much. We said we're <laughs> going to talk about the whole draft. We've done an hour on Josh Rosen. But, but that's what this is about, okay? Now the rest of the draft, uh, you know, I know that there were some criticisms. I, I, you know, I didn't love the fact that they didn't take a corner, um, considering we've talked about how much they're going to play, you know, with multiple, you know, with more defensive backs than they have previously. I know Uptown had an issue with that. I know some others had an issue with that. I know some had an issue with taking two running backs late in the draft when, again, that's not a premium position. They didn't redress pass rusher at all, you know, to any significance, right? Like, and that was a bit of a concern. They had to get their tackle late. So uh, there are some things there that, are concerning just in terms of the types of positions that they went for, but this draft will be judged like all drafts are judged. Okay. Mm -hmm. It will be draft judged based on their first round pick, which is Wilkins and based on a quarterback they came back with. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's how we judge drafts. Okay. And, right? and, 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 and especially considering that they're going into, you know, a 2020 plan where they might go again at the quarterback position. We'll get back to our episode here in a second. But first, we've had a lot of inquiries about how you can contribute to the Five Reasons Sports Network other than just giving us money, which we'll certainly take, or being a podcaster, and I have too many bad ones already. So here's <laughs> an idea if you want to get involved with us, and it goes beyond our new website, fivereasonsports.com. We are looking for sales representatives. Why? Because we have a lot to sell. We sell ads on our podcasts. We sell ads on social media. We also are selling sponsorships and banner ads on our website. So we got a ton of inventory to sell. We are credentialed with all five teams down here. We're fully established and we just want somebody who can go out into the community and sell that product, sell Miami sports by Miami for Miami to the South Florida community. So if you want to get involved, here's two ways that you can contact us. One is by going to Skolnick at five reasons And the other way is going to Jorge J O R G E at five reasons reach out one of those two ways and we will get back in touch with you and tell you how you can help and how you can make money i do just want to say that one thing that i'm surprised that wasn't brought up um, when we had ck on the pod because he was saying that there are certain benefits that you get 
to have about not caring about 2019, about being a team that's based off 2020 and 2021 and building a foundation and building out a team. Isn't one of those things that you don't have to care about need? That you don't have to care about need, and so we need to plug in a pass-rushing defensive end so that you know we can be better on defense so that we can win games next year. We need an offensive guard, uh, so let's go in and find this offensive guard that maybe, and maybe we think other players are better, but we need offensive guard because we don't have any. And so isn't, isn't that one of the things that you get to have by virtue of being a team that doesn't care about winning in 2019 is just pick the players that you want. And I do actually find interesting that they picked the fullback before the running back of the Dolphins did and that the New England Patriots used fullback to pretty reasonable effect a year ago, particularly in the, in the playoffs when they're you know running Sony Michelle left and right. Um, they're they're kind of bringing back the fullback, and I think uh, you saw that the Dolphins are considering doing the same thing that the, that that they wanted to have a player at that position, and that's something that they wanted to leave this draft with. Again, it's a seventh round pick, so uh, maybe the player that they got from Auburn is you know is not uh, going to end up being a contributor, but it's something they want to do, and so let's implement this in 2019. Maybe we needed other things more. But let's implement this in 2019 so that when we are good, we know that we've got a fullback that we want to use and we know that we want, you know, certain things implemented. So I think that's actually one of the things that is a benefit of not caring about 2019 and where I do think that very narrow minded now focus of the Dolphins media, which is, has been, because there really haven't been a lot of members of the Dolphins media that have really said, well, let's take a step back at this thing. No, it's, and it's kind of followed the pattern of the coaches and the regimes at the time, which is let's repair the team as it exists right now, fill a couple of needs, and that's what it'll take to make the postseason. Whereas I think the current regime is taking a more holistic view of things, and I like it. I, I, I like that it's different, and I like the fact that, okay, so if you went and identified their biggest needs, first the first one would have been quarterback, so they addressed mm-hmm. that, uh, but then it would have been defensive end uh, and, and maybe right tackle and, and another corner, and, and you identify those things, but Maybe the Dolphins have other ideas about, one, how they want to feel those things, uh, two, the fact that they don't have to. And so let's go ahead and go after the, the, the players and the ideas that we want to implement first, and then we can worry about needs when we are actually at a stage where we have to win, where the difference between winning nine games and winning 11 games is your defensive end, is your right tackle, is that. That's not where the Dolphins are right now. So I'm a little bit surprised at the near-term focus on needs when they don't appear to care about winning games, or obviously when they step on the field, they will care about winning the game, but they don't have illusions that they're going to make the playoffs next year. Yeah, but my thing is this. How many sixth and seventh round picks have the Dolphins had that have panned out? Rashad Matthews. Um, Rashad Jones. Rashad Jones. Jeremiah Bell, if you go way back. Mm-hmm. I mean, how it's, many? I mean, it's it's a one in ten chance you're getting a good player in the I sixth, mean, the, the there, there's as round. many undrafted free agents that they've had, whether it was uh, Devon Best or an Adewale Agunlier, okay, who've turned into starters for them. Like, I, I mean, what is the difference between mm-hmm. sixth, seventh, and undrafted free agent? Like, uh, th- that that's the other thing. I, I just I don't understand quibbling over you know the back end of a draft. Like, I, you know, it's. It's about it's about the guys. It's it's about again three things: the guy you take in the first round, the quarterback you come up with or you don't, and then the other assets that you accumulate that allow you to do other things. And Chris Greer did all three. He did all three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm giving him an A. I'm sorry. Like I, I know there are some here giving him an F. Like I because I, I, I don't know these players well enough to know until we see them on the field. And even the guys who watch tape who know a lot more than I do, I will acknowledge. 
um, they don't really know until we see them, you know, in this situation, okay, against grown men in training camp and see how they handle it. You just don't know. And so he he got I, I like the first round pick he took for a lot of reasons, personality reasons, but also play reasons, fit reasons, all those things. I like the fact they took a swing on a quarterback and I love the trade that they made, which yes. Okay. Could they have done something better with it? Maybe they get Josh Rosen. Sure. But they gave themselves the cushion to allow themselves to do it. Mm -hmm. I, like that's, that's, and that's why the only thing I thought Greer was disingenuous about, but it's fine was saying that the two trades were unrelated. Of course they weren't unrelated. Like I, it, they weren't unrelated. I mean, no, New Orleans isn't doing it to help Miami. But Miami's making that trade to know what they can give to Arizona. And so, of course, they were related, and that's fine. And they were, it was a great trade, the first trade that they made. And there are worse things that you can do, and this organization has done them for 20 years, Deion Jordan, that there are worse things that you can do than flip one of those second-round picks when you're getting another one for next season for a guy who was, when he came out of high school, considered the best quarterback in the country, who was still a top 10 pick even after a slightly disappointing career at UCLA and has had only a one-year sample size. And also, he's not someone you're picking up that hasn't seen, like, you know, NFL bullets. Like, he's been through it in the worst possible situation. <laughs> like, okay, and so will he turn out like David Carr? Maybe. I mean, from all those hits the first season. But also, like, what if the Dolphins are slightly better than Arizona? Like, I think uh, the Dolphins line may be a disaster, and I think it will be. But I think their backs could be fine. Uh, their receivers provided that Wilson and Grant come back healthy. Their core four is not bad. They have a better plan for Gesicki, hopefully, this year. They brought in Dwayne Allen. Their offensive personnel is probably better than Arizona's was last year. So uh, I, I just, I don't, anyway, I, I just don't, I, I'm sorry if this is sound like an angry pod for me today, but I just, I'm, I'm reading this stuff, Chris, the last 48 hours. And I just don't, I don't understand the perspective on it from people who some I expect, but some who I, I have been typically more measured about these things. And I, I just, I don't understand like sort of the, the extreme negativity to what the dolphins did when it's kind of what a lot of people have been calling for them to do for a long time. I just don't get it. Yeah, and, and that's entirely fair. And I think, um, for the most part, on the level, it's just people don't think Josh Rosen is good. And if Josh Rosen isn't good, you've wasted a second-round pick. And that second-round pick could have been one of the other things we're talking about, defensive end and corner and all that, right? As opposed to um, a quarterback that maybe, certainly I would think from the owner's perspective, is probably not um, the, the quarterback that they actually want to be good, right? And so if you, if you don't, if maybe the idea is you don't even want him to be good because you want to, to, to pick, you know, in, in number one overall next year, um, then why are you even bothering? You can really get any quarterback off the street to get you the number one overall pick. Um, but at the same time, it's worth a shot. I, 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 I've, I've kind of come around on that as much as, I, I do think it was probably a waste of the 60-second pick, as much as I do probably think um, it, 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 it's probably not going to work out with Josh Rosen, just because probability says so, um, doesn't mean that I don't think it was worth the shot, and I don't think that they should be using assets uh, towards quarterbacks, and that if they had taken, you know, Drew Locke wasn't available to them, but if they had taken Easton Sticklater, if they had taken whomever, uh, you know, Jared Stidham, or which, whichever quarterback prospect is your choice, um, that 
that guy would have worked out or that you would have felt differently about it because you haven't seen him play in the NFL yet. Um, I, I think it's worth a shot. Um, but I, I do think that there are just people who have been convinced, whether by talking to scouts or executives or watching the, the, the tape themselves, which Omar Kelly, the Sun Sentinel, did, and fair play to him. He did a very long thread um, yes. going and, through and, Josh and, Rosen and, throws, and he takes a look at it, and he just yes. thinks that Josh Rosen's not good, which is a perfectly and I, reasonable And I want to clarify on this. Like, I, I, like uh, Omar watches the tape, okay? So, I, the, you know, I'm not speaking about Omar here. Like, I, I may not agree with his opinion on this, okay? I worked with Omar for a while. We, have, we had a good work relationship. We're friends. Okay, I, I'm Omar. You know, whatever you know, people, you know, fans think of some of Omar's takes. Omar does homework. Okay, he he looks into it. He's not a guy, and I think we should close here. He's not a guy who turned to his colleague the other night and said, after the guy was picked, okay, and and Chris Greer had come down and spoken about him. Is it Wilkin or is it Wilkins? We'll talk to you soon. for listening to the Fire in the Pocket. Thank you so much. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.